Hello, everyone, and welcome to the penultimate episode, Minute 95 of Season 4 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal Meg Ryan rom-com When Harry Met Sally, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me, as has happened, you know, for most of my seasons, my penultimate guest uh, is Jason Sturczyk of the Agent Palmer. Welcome back to the show, Agent Palmer. Thanks for having me. It's it's great to be here. It's great having you. I, I like having you on, and I, I think it's great that, you know, I, I get to have you on the second to last episode of every single season because, you know, first of all, I know that that I'm forcing you to actually rewatch a movie that you haven't seen in a very long time and then talk about it. And, you know, what's better to talk about in a movie than the credits? Well, I I got to <laughs> tell you, man. Of the credits I've watched for you, these were like not as not as interesting. I understand. Well, come on, how often are you going to be able to get? I mean, like last season where we got the credit of the the knife manufacturer, where there were no knives in the movie. That's true. That's true. <laughs> come on, you can't get better than that. Okay, so episode ninety five begins with the credit for Autumn in New York and ends with soundtrack available. Okay, now you can go. What do you want to say? This, this was my, in the very beginning of the film, and um, th- they make a big deal about Harry Connick Jr. Yes. Um, and I, I'm, I know you've talked about it before, but my issue is, because I get to talk about the whole film, at the very end, in the penultimate scene, they use Frank. That's right. In a song that could have easily been done by the guy you were touting is like, this is our soundtrack. Harry Connick is our soundtrack, but we're going to use Frank in this one. It's like, what? He, why? Because I forgot, <laughs> like, I forgot how much, um, like, Harry Connick, like, is. And he plays over the credits, which is why I was like, but wait a minute. Why wasn't he singing five minutes ago? I don't know. I, it just bothered me. I don't know why. It may be because, like, up front, they're like, with special music. Oh, okay. I, I I have a feeling that the idea is, is okay, you know, at certain points we're going to, I mean, there, we, we have other famous, uh, you know, vocals that that are throughout the movie. And then, you know, they have the song again using Harry Kahn Jr. So, you know, it's. Uh, I, it's, I guess, the decision that that Rob Reiner, you know, and his music coordinator decided on the, you know, along the way, you know, which things are we going to use Harry Connick for, and which things are we going to use uh, the original singers for? And I, I think that's, I, I know it's probably not a satisfactory answer for you, but if you get in touch with Rob Reiner, maybe he'll be able to tell you well, uh, the real reason maybe, behind it. Maybe you know, I don't know if it's... you ever find his email address. <laughs> it, it, it's just one of those things, like in hindsight, right? Because like I. I don't remember the first time I saw this film, but I will tell you, my parents introduced me to this film. Um, I credit my parents with giving me great taste in m- media, um, at least from their era. So everything probably before 1990, like my parents were like, here's Indiana Jones. Like, here is when Harry met Sat- Here is Diner, right? Like, I got some what I, I just watched Diner last night. Yeah, but I, um, but, but like I, so I got introduced to what they considered classics and now I consider classics and that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. like, this was one of those things. I don't remember when they introduced me to it, um, but they did. And it's like, okay, I, you know what? I'm, I'm on board with it and I like it. I've watched it a few times since, but this is the first time at least in a, I want to say two decades that I sat down and watched the whole film. Okay. And what was, what was your impression? So you can sort of say it's what's your first impression. I mean, my first thought would be, okay, if your parents introduced you to this movie, you know, what did you think of it then as opposed to what do you think about it now? You know, cause now you're, you're more of an adult so you can, you know, deal with, you can understand a lot I mean, more of what's going on here. I don't know if, if I don't know how old you were when, when they introduced yeah. you to it. But my assumption is it was it was you were in your probably late teens, early twenties. That would be my guess. Might have been a little earlier than that, but I I mean now looking back on it, the first note 
And really the only note I wrote down for the first 30 minutes of this film was, I do not remember how like Woody Allen nebbish the first 30 minutes of this film is. Like yes. it just, <laughs> I, I like, cause it, this is one of those weird films where like, I remember the car ride and I remember the last speech. And depending on the day, I might remember some random scenes in between. But like, you didn't remember the orgasm scene? No, well, you, you remember that, and you remember, like, you know, this was, you know, Carrie Fisher was brilliant in this. Um, yes. But like, I just, I just, as a whole, I was like, oh my God, like, this is, this is like a, a, a for its time. The first 30 minutes is like an update on Annie Hall. Yeah, it, that's just like what it feels like. And it I didn't yeah. remember that. I don't like none of the words were different. I don't know if the delivery just hit me differently now, but it just for some reason I was like, wow, so nebbish. Like, what did I not remember about it? Like, how did I forget? Because it's all there. Like, it's not yeah. hiding. It's not like I picked up on subtext. Like, it's just all right there. Yes. But you see, one of the things that we've talked about over the course of over this whole season is the idea that that besides Annie Hall, it also is a precursor for things like Seinfeld, the West Wing, you know, the, the type of conversations they have and stuff like that. You know, you have you have the Seinfeld type because they, they deal with some strange types of uh, of conversations, you know, that – uh, that you that weren't normally done in public beforehand. Let's put it that way, even in movies. Okay, and then from the Western sure. aspect, you know, the the rapid fire conversations where people are walking and talking. Yeah, I could. T I also, I mean, like I I think as a as a whole, I love some some of my favorite parts are like I I want more of the couples. Like I, if I did this film now and I was remaking it, I might go back to the old couples more often. Cause like I, that for me as a through line, that is an underrated way to edit this film and kind of break up Correct. the story. Mm -hmm. Um, despite the fact that my favorite scene of all time is after they sleep together and the phone call and the way like I, in digital editing, I think it might be done a little bit differently, but for its time, them on the bed and the two phone calls coming in. Yeah, My I completely agree with you. I mean, in this uh, I've, I've mentioned this in the past, but uh, Rob Reiner states that they did that scene more than 60 times in order to get it right because they had to get the timing right on everything. You know, yeah. and it was a one uh, continuous shot, you know, with, with all the four of them. And he yeah, said, he, I just, he even it, says on the commentary, and this is yeah. the commentary I think is from 10 years ago, saying that if he was making it today, he would do it very differently. But think about it 60 times. That's just absurd well it's not only absurd but like the fact that there's a take 60 in that still feels good like they're not exactly. like oh, really you know like they're like going through the motions like come on i've already done this 58 right. times really what do you um but there is a pace and a cadence to it that is yes perfect i completely agree with you on that it's, and, it's a and, great scene yeah you know there's, there's no no question yeah. about that about the way that they 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 set this up and put it together, stuff like that. Now, about the old couples, okay, so, I mean, yeah. I talked a little bit about this uh, earlier this week, but but there's two things. First of all, do you know that these are all real stories, right? Yes. Okay, but they're but they're all actors. Yeah, they're all actors, but they're real stories. It, it, I don't want to put, like, this on a pedestal, but, like, those little stories feel like what modern love turned into as an Amazon series. Okay. Um, because it's like, oh, we can just expand on this and make it a 25-minute story. But, yes. like, a lot of those modern love episodes can be shortened <laughs> <Yeah>. into <laughs> a 90-second synopsis, and that's kind of uh, really adorable. Yeah, um, I mean the only the I was only able to figure out who two of the real real uh, people are, you know that the stories are about. You know, even uh, on the commentary, they never mention who they all are. They mention the first one. The first one is is uh, uh, the story of Sal Horn, who was the father of one of the producers, and okay. that was his story about him, how he met his wife. And and the second one was the 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 summer camp one 
was uh, Nora Ephron's parents. That's how they met. Okay. You know, so and I was I I searched I scoured the internet. I was I I really tried hard to find out who these real stories were because they're so fascinating to hear that these are real stories. Yeah, I I mean, see, this is the thing, right? So, uh, I've been on uh, double dates before, and if 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 you've ever been on a double date, there's one thing that always happens. You always tell your couple origin story on a double date. At least on a first double date. Like, that's what you do. And um, that that means that we've all told those stories before in, yes. it, to some fashion. Mm-hmm. And the relationship I'm in right now is by far the most interesting dating story I have ever and probably will ever have in my entire life compared to, like, well, we, we met in college. Like just we just happen to be on the same floor. Like it's bore. Like it's it's boring. Um, or like we, you know, when you go back to like high school, it's like, oh well, we had third period English class together. Like it's just it. And I I passed her a note. Like it's just they're not interesting stories. Like even if I was still with one of them, they would be boring stories. The one I have now. That's the interesting one. That's the exciting one. Because it's not like any of the others. But is it exciting because it's it's the story that you're that you're currently uh No, I think it's ex- I think no, I think it's exciting because it's just vastly different. Um okay, great. And and so it's and this is gonna be a first because most of the time I tell this story, I tell it with Steph. So she gets to add in her perspective, but we've also told this story many times, but like well, you can invite her to join us for the story. No, she's uh she's not actually in right now, but like <laughs> the 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 thing is we met because we both listened to the same podcast. At the time, she was living in Arizona and I was living in Pennsylvania. That podcast was 7 Days a Geek. And 7 Days a Geek then did the first Podtoberfest. And the first Podtoberfest was in 2015. And that was in Detroit, um, right? I think I've heard was, this story. That was in Grand Rapids, actually. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah there you go. I, I, so, I think I've heard this story on your, on, on, or parts yeah. of it. Yes. So um, we both were remote producers for that show. And it's the second year, it's 2016, that we finally meet for the first time. But we had been talking for that entire year over the phone and via Twitter, um, which is where podcast communities were at that point, more than like Discord or Facebook or anything else. Um, And so we agreed to kind of start dating long distance about a month before Podtoberfest happened um, in what I think was early October of 2016. And so it's not until she flies and I drive to Michigan that we meet for the first time and then you fast forward two years of like a couple visits and then she moves in with me and it's like it's not it's unique because how many people who have um and i i know some of them that are still looking on like dating apps and stuff like that looking for then their next relationship are like yeah i'm on I don't know what they're called now, like match or bumble or whatever, all of the, all of the different things. Like, no, we met on Twitter. Like that's, that was how we met because of a podcast. We met on Twitter and then we eventually, you know, met in Michigan and it's like, well, neither that was the middle. It was literally the middle ground, I guess. I mean, it's not really the middle between Arizona and Pennsylvania, but Uh, it's kind of the middle. Um, It was the middle for us. And so like, it's just one of those stories that just is kind of unique. And I think that's what I like about it. Um, And I think that's what sets it apart. Cause like we didn't meet at a bar. We weren't set up. Like there, there are very few people that are going to have that kind of a story. Okay, so. I, I understand that. That makes a lot of sense. All right, anything else you want to say about the the movie before we actually start talking about this minute? Because <laughs> um, we haven't I, gotten there yet. <laughs> no, we haven't. I I so I did. 
I did want to ask you a question. Sure. Um, hey, that that's your podcast that you have, that you have people ask you questions. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes, but when you um, got like towards the end of this film, having talked about it with other people and getting various degrees of mm-hmm. um, feedback, did it change your perspective on the film? Does it change my perspective? First of all, that's a great question. Um, but because this is the fourth movie that I've done this way, so doing a movie minute by minute doesn't change my perspective on it. But when I watch the movie afterwards, I see it in a whole different light. So the because, conversations themselves don't change anything? It's actually just the rewatch after going through it? It's it's a combination of both because when okay. I'm rewatching it, I'm remembering the conversations. Gotcha. Okay. I'm remembering the trivia. I'm remembering the, the, the things that came up while we were talking. You know, I'll see something on the screen and I'll be like, oh, I remember that I talked about that and, you know, things like that. Gotcha. So it, it, it gives me more an immersive view of the movie. I mean, I actually uh, two weeks ago rewatched the the four movies that I've done plus, you know, the next season, Die Hard 2. And I watched all five of them back to back to back to back or however many backs those are five. Yep. Right. And every one of them, I, I in, enjoyed rewatching them more than I've ever you know, enjoyed them. Okay. Because, you know, for me, it's not just watching, you know, when Harry met Sally, 96 minutes, it's rewatching when Harry met Sally with like, I don't know, 70 hours worth of, the way, worth of knowledge about it. It it is so refreshing to watch a ninety six minute movie. Yes, I I, I wait. It, aren't you the one who says that a perfect movie is ninety minutes? Is that you? I do. I yeah. That's I mean I mean in that ballpark, ninety six is fine. Anything under a hundred is gravy for me at this point. And it's um, if I'm being honest, I thought it was longer. Like there's a there's a part of my brain. They're like, wait, this is this is only ninety six minutes. What? Really? <laughs> All that's in ninety six minutes? Wow. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah, it's uh it was fun. It it was Oh man. It, it look I they don't make movies like this anymore. And I no. know that's a cliche, but um it's I don't know what it is, but we just don't make these anymore. Right. Okay, I, th- I think that's true. Yeah. You know, and and again, we, we've talked about this a lot over the course of, of the the whole season. You know, Rob Reiner was at his height at this point. I mean, think about the movies that he made right before and right after. Yeah. No, no, think about it. Think about what he did. He did Final Tap, okay? Then he did The Shore Thing. After that, he had Stand By Me. After that, Princess Bride. Uh, but then, you know, when Harry met Sally. You know, so, and and then even after that, you go, you have a few good men. Yeah. So, I mean, his his list of of the, the movies that, that, that he made it, the, I mean, think about how many of those are considered classics these days. It's unbelievable. Ah, sorry, Misery. I, I skipped Misery. That was what it was. Right. So you have Spinal Tap, Stand By Me, Princess Bride, Harry met Sally, Misery, A Few Good Men. And then, unfortunately, he did North, and that was just the end of his, you know, of his his run. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the, the the American President came out after North. It's it's a good movie, and I enjoy it, but it's not on the same level of you know the 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 seven others that I just mentioned before. I guess I mean, it depends on where you come from, though, because like to me, an American President sets in motion West Wing in a way that oh, for sure. I think like for sure. So, so I love it. So for like, I'm a history. I, I love history, and I love history of the, of the president. So, so for me, I, I love that movie. I think it's a great movie. And yes, it's the precursor of, of the West Wing. No question about that. And you know, people who know me know that I don't necessarily uh, ascribe to all the liberal politics in the American president or the West Wing, but I still love watching them because I love oh, seeing yeah. how democracy works. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your political views. I don't. I don't go into politics here, but but you know, it it doesn't make a difference. No, it doesn't. And I, I think that that's one of the things that kind of when Harry Met Sally does so well is that 
You, you don't have to be in a successful relationship. That's I mean, you're pro- if you're in a bad relationship, you're probably very jealous. But like, if you're single, this movie still holds up. Um, because it's give you, cause it gives you hope. It gives you hope, but it also shows you like what you just got. Like it shows you the good and the bad. So you're seeing all of it. Like this isn't like the highlight reel of just the good parts of a relationship. Correct. So it also shows the bad parts of a relationship or which, you know, granted when you're single, you miss kind of both. I think, I think you yes. miss all of it, but <laughs> it, because it shows you that like, that's, you know, that works. Um, and I, this, I mean, look, there. it's not in the top five of movies that I would want, that I enjoy watching in syndication all the time, but I miss seeing this in syndication as much as it used to be at a certain point in its history. Okay, that's fair. But I think that has a lot to do with the, with the, with the current culture of the world, that, that this is a movie that fits into a category which isn't seen in the same light. You know, when you look at it from through, through political well, glasses. And we'll get into this in a little bit, but for some reason, this movie doesn't feel like a romantic comedy to me. Okay. It has funny bits and obviously it's romantic and it's not like a, like, it's not like a stretch. <laughs> okay. Like we're not like going like, Oh, like I cannot believe no, like that's kind of the genre it would fit best in. To me, I just don't, I don't know. I, I, if you say, think of a romantic comedy and give me a hundred times, this movie's never coming up for me. Like, I, okay. I don't see it that way. I see it as a film. It's not really a drama either, but like, I just see it as this a good film. Okay. I, I see, I see that you, you took all of the different segments that I did this weekend, you're you're doing a big mesh of it all, but that but that's great. I, I that, Jason, that's why I love you. I know that you're able to do these things. It's just so much fun talking to you because you you, you touch on everything that needs to be touched along the Although way. Although I I but in fairness, I didn't know like obviously those episodes. It's not like you give me advanced copies. I didn't I didn't know that that. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. No problem. All right, so let's let's get into a little bit of of, of what's going on on the screen. Yes. So the credits are continuing, and we're right now still in the middle of the soundtrack. And, you know, we get a total of 12 different uh, songs that are listed here. And the one that really jumped out at me is the fact that we actually get the song Call Me. Okay. And <laughs> it's, you know, that that's when Harry is singing on the phone with his karaoke machine. Yeah. You know, it's but written it's... by by someone named Tony Hatch. Okay. And, you know, the fact that they put this on the list, it's it's just great. Well, what's funny is when I saw it pop up, because obviously the way that you see the title before you see anything else, and I was like so when I saw it call me, I was like, When did was Blondie in this? Ah, okay. Because right. like so that's immediately <laughs> like if you say call me, that's where I go. And then yeah. I was like, wait. Oh, wait, no, that's not it. And then, like, you know, you're saying, oh, okay, all right, fair right. enough. Like, it's just, it's not, but it's not, it's, I was like, oh, so they must, okay, all right, well, that's. Yeah, but one of the things I don't like about the, the credits here is, is the same thing with Surrey with a fringe on top. You know, there are movies that will credit the actors or the cast or the characters, you know, who sing in a movie. You know, they'll, they'll say, you know, written by Richard Rodgers and Oscar Hammerstein, you know, performed by. Uh, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan were performed by, you know, Harry Burns and and uh, and Sally Albright. You know, there there are movies. Uh, the 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 one that that always jumps out at me with that is Back to the Future. Oh yeah, you know okay. it says performed by Marty McFly. You know, and that's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 giving credit where credit is due. You know, did yeah. Michael J. Fox really sing it? I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, that's not the no, point. No, but we but but we are led to believe based on what we see on screen that it is Marty that has done it. So that That does, is correct. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So so that's why I'm disappointed to see that they have called me, but it doesn't say, you know, <laughs> performed by uh Harry Burns or Billy Crystal. I don't I don't know, man. With it would it's weird because like in the history of like karaoke becoming more and more like because that's the other thing too karaoke's not what it is today that's <laughs> back then that's so right. like 
that was just the beginning of karaoke at the time. They didn't even call yeah. it a karaoke. He didn't even refer to it as karaoke. No, he said no, it's one of those. It's one of those singing machines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> also, man, the sharper image, like oh yeah, out. because like <laughs> even just the catalog, like ah, oh, what? Yeah, oh, we talked. Anyway. We talked about that when we did. It. When I was a kid, I remember going into the sharper image. They they had they had a they had one in Detroit or in the suburbs, and we used to go there. I used to go there with my friend, and we just walk around looking at all the fun things with no intention of buying anything. You know, without. Yeah. I I don't, I don't even remember if it was because of the prices or just because it was just fun to 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 look at all the stuff that was there. Well, given that's the funny part too, because like, given the era, like a CD player would have been expensive. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. It, I, I didn't have a CD back then. I think I got a CD maybe when I was – maybe the early 90s was when I finally got a CD player. 1996. Got, I got my first disc man for my uh, bar mitzvah. Ah, okay. So, I mean, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then right after the music, I love the first credit that's there. It says, legal services provided by O'Melveny and Myers. And you know if this was if this was like a a Zucker Abrams Zucker uh, movie, you know it would it would be like perfect. You know, uh, you know they, they do have one which was like so and so's divorce attorney or something like that. I don't remember which which movie it was that they did. Maybe it was Naked Gun or or maybe yeah. it was Airplane. But you know it was like uh, uh, for instance, Mr. Sturcek's uh, wardrobe, Mr. Sturcek's. Uh, hairstylist, Mr. Sershik's divorce attorney, you know, things like that. <laughs> I mean, the really important things in life, right? Yes, for sure. Uh, but I, I just love that they have that. And immediately afterwards, they, they give the credits for the clips. You know, you have the clip for, for Casablanca and the clip for Dick Clark's uh, New Year's Rock and Eve. You know, and then they, they, then they give us the, uh, you know, air transportation and cranes and dollies, you know, important things that you need. However, I want to say that Dick Clark's Rock and Eve is going to be the most dated part of this movie. Period. Because I think yes. Casablanca is still talked about. It's still in the cultural oeuvre of of just things, and it comes up in movies often enough. But like Dick Clark, well, uh, it's been a few years since he's done a a Rock and Eve. Obviously, yeah, but didn't, didn't Ryan Seacrest take it over? So it's I think it's still called. Dick Clark's Rock and it is New Year's still, Eve. But like, it's like Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve with with yeah <laughs> yeah with whoever whoever they decide whoever they they're able to you know to yeah. to hook hook that year. <laughs> Who wants to freeze in New York? Yeah, that's right. Oh come on, and and in you in Pennsylvania, you in Pennsylvania, it's 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 uh, boiling hot. <laughs> I mean, maybe. But you're staying in your house. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, look, it's, get, it's getting warmer. Uh, no, but we're talking about New Year's. We're talking about New Year's. I know. It's getting, like I said, it's getting warmer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, not by I, much. I, not by much. No, not by much. I, um, I, I was surprised. I don't know what I, my, my, me this is where like memory gets in the way, especially when you put a film like this down for 20 years, give or take. Okay. I could have sworn they watched more than one movie together. Like I, in my, like, the, so. Well, I, she I offered to watch another movie. No, she <laughs> did. I just, there's a, I just, I, I know that for some reason, like those phone call things, it, in my head, it felt longer. Maybe that's why I was surprised it was only a 96-minute movie. Because I was like, wait a minute, they court for a heck of a lot longer than that. But they don't really. Um, it's just, you know, things get longer, I think, the farther away you are from them. Right. Yeah. It's true. It's true. And then it has a whole list of, of people that the producer wishes to thank. Um, I, I, I tried looking up some of them, but I couldn't really find out who, who Tina Nielsen and Jay Cooper are. Don't know. Uh, University of Chicago, the Buffalo Bills football organization. Now, this is a great. Piece I thought of it trivia. was a Giants game. Yes, I it thought is. it was it a is. Giants. It is. Well, well, the, wh why? Why the Buffalo? Uh, no. because the game on the field is the Giants versus. Did you see who they're playing against? 
No, I didn't. The Lions. They play in the... Detroit. Detroit. Okay. And I even I even was able to at the time find the score of the game and everything you know, because I I knew what day it was. Uh, you know, they they filmed it. They filmed it. I think in October of of 1988. Okay. So but why are we thanking the Bills? Because the scenes in the stands of Harry and Jess talking, those are filmed in uh, Buffalo at the Buffalo okay. Bills uh, Stadium. <laughs> okay. You see, that's, that's great how you can you know mesh these things together and nobody notices. You don't bat an eye. Well, I, I think – You don't even think the, about it. You're saying, okay, they're at a Giants game and that's it. Well – they they get okay, but here's the thing though they cheated on this one because the Giants are red, blue, white and black depending, and the Bills are red, blue, white and like the color schemes are basically the same. So if you put me in the stands and don't show me any logos, I'm not going to know which blue and red with white trim football team it is. But I think that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it is the point. I guess I guess it's cheaper to film in Buffalo outdoors than it is in the Meadowlands at the time. Okay, that that's fair. That's, All right, a, well, that's my well, guess. I, I just quickly found who Jay Cooper is. J.L. Cooper is the attorney for Jerry Seinfeld, Katy Perry, John Williams, and Mel Brooks. <laughs> he he uh, negotiated uh, Mel Brooks's contract for for Get Smart. Okay. And he so, also so Mel was a, like, "Hey Rob, I got a guy for you." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, IMDb doesn't say. He, I'm assuming he worked off. So you know, I, actually, it's probably it probably came from Carl Reiner. It probably was Mel said to Carl, "You know, hey, your son's doing these movies. <laughs> I got a great lawyer for him." <laughs> and Tina Nielsen isn't listed uh, in IMDb. Uh, you know, I mean, she's listed there, but she's not listed with what she did, what she does. Uh, but okay. since she's on the same line, my assumption is that she probably works in his firm. That would be. <laughs> yeah, that's a good guess. Or is she the paralegal at a different firm? Um, one or the other. I mean, we can make assumptions, but like. I'd like to have my name in a credit. I mean, I guess technically I I now have my name in a credits. Um, well, you come on. You've had you have your name in numerous credits from me on IMDb. Well, no, but I I mean, but now I have them in the scroll <laughs> of a film. I know, but like I know. It, it's it's a big deal. Like I, I and I, I as someone who always stays to the end, even before the after credits became a, a thing. Um, I I look at the names. And I go, that's cool. <laughs> like yeah. I don't I don't I don't have a personal relationship with like any of these people, but it's like, nah, it's cool. I'll yeah. stay to the end. That's yeah. Okay, I I agree. I agree with you on that yeah. one. Now, what's what's really cool is, is I you know I mentioned earlier that that I just rewatched uh, Diner last night. Now, Diner, I don't know if you remember what happens in the credits. Do you remember? <sighs> no. They have the been a while since I've watched you having conversations. Oh yeah 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 yeah. And it's just no, so they... much fun because you know, see that that's one of my problems with the way that the MCU does it and stuff like that. They make you sit there. And you're you're antsy in your seat because you're waiting to see that 30 second clip. But if they were to have something going on the entire time, on the one hand, yes, it will distract you from reading everything that's going on. But as we know, most people do not read it. And even when you read it, like we do, we are, we're doing here, you're not going to catch everything. And you're not going to understand everything or anything like that. Well, but if the, you make it somewhat fun, like like uh, the, Cannibal Run, you've seen Cannibal, Cannibal Run. Run? Well, what I was going to say was I had a conversation with Ed, um, Edward O'Hare about. Ooh, Eddie, friend of the show, Eddie. Yes. Best uh, Burgess Meredith moments. And once you remove what we both consider to be the best Twilight Zone episode, there was time now. Uh, Ed believes that one of Burgess Meredith's best moments on film is in the credits of grumpier old men because they they're doing like outtakes and just talks and like other stuff in in the credits and it's like that was an era where for a certain period of time they did that there was a lot mm -hmm. of that 
Um, and I mean, I, I think my first introduction to that is like Jackie Chan used to do some of the outtakes of his stunts of yes. like, you know, in the credits and, you know, not for nothing, there's two ways to take it. It's disrespectful to the people whose names are on there because you're clearly not looking at the names, yes. but it also gets you to people to sit there through the whole thing because there's yes. actually something there and not just text on the screen. So I guess right. it, it it goes both ways. Okay, that's fair. You know, and then it continues along, and and you know we get with you thanks for uh, you know the Washington Street Cafe caterers and. You know, the New York City mayor's office of film, theater and broadcasting, which, again, it always makes me laugh. The fact that these, you know, you have all of these, either the governor's office or the mayor's office, you know, they all have a branch dealing with film, theater and broadcasting. You know, it's it's their PR. (laughs) Well, what's funny is there are um, there are agreements that are sometimes made where. People will pay to not have to credit a city because they don't want to. Some film, it's changed in the last maybe 10 years. But for a while, you would be able to say film in Philadelphia. But like if if you didn't take Philadelphia's tax credit, you can leave out that you filmed in Philadelphia and you could thank New York and make people think you filmed in New York. There were ways around there were there were financial ways around it for a, a while, like not often. And it's not easy to do. Um, and I think the people have kind of it's become more of a money business. But for there was a time when it, people cared. So like, you know, all right, we don't want to let people know we didn't shoot in New York. Right. <laughs> I don't think it matters, but OK, some people do. So. Yeah, no, I don't think it matters either. <laughs> I always say that, that though by the way like the, uh, when we talk about credits I always want to know where a thing was filmed now granted most of these things today like are filmed in like five different places Atlanta Vancouver like there are always going to be some places there's another one Georgia yep um, but I, I'm always interested because like even when it's a sound stage it's still interesting to know where these things are being made now. Correct. But you're not going to know which scenes are made where. No, you're not. You're not. And with so much digital, whatever, like good, good luck. They can make it all look like anything else. That's right. I mean, I, they do mention here, you know, that it was filmed in silver cup studios in New York city and Hollywood center studios, you know, in Hollywood. So there are scenes that were, that were done in New York, but I mean, this movie, there's a lot of location shots in New York. Yeah, there was definitely a, um, like a, a a second team that got to shoot like all the fun New York stuff. Yeah, well, that was probably that was probably the 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 main team. <laughs> That's true. It was the second team that got sent, you know, to to California to do to do some pickups or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you I mean, can't fake uh, Central Park like that's one of those iconic, like, all right, there you go. Right. It's true. It's very fair. Yeah. And that, that's how this minute ends. So, you know, we, we, we had some, some nice credits to talk about here. Yeah. So script, uh, there's nothing in the script for this, this minute for sure. Not you. I think you never get script uh, minutes, <laughs> you know, because, because it goes back to what we were just talking about. You know, they don't have, uh, scenes going on in the middle of uh, the credits. So there you no, go. they no, not really, not anymore. That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm assuming there are movies that that, that have it. I mean, one of my favorite movie endings is, or credits is uh, Lethal Weapon Four. Okay, where they're playing the song uh, Why Can't We Be Friends, and they show pictures of of the the crew member. You know, they have like group pictures and stuff like that, and it's just it's great. You know, because you, you get to actually, instead of just seeing a name on the screen, it, you know, here you see, you know, the 10 people who worked in this particular department, you know, a picture of all of them. 
Well, again, yeah, I, I that's nice. you're not going to remember who they are, but it just makes no. it just gives you more of a connection to, to them. Yeah, it humanizes the process of movie making, which I feel like needs to happen more often. I think not to get on a soapbox, but for a moment, like we're going the wrong way. Like we're not humanizing people that make movies, but even like just random YouTubers are not humanized. People look at them as like, oh, you're just a celebrity on YouTube. Like we don't look at them as humans. Um, And so somehow we've gotten away from like just humanizing people that make stuff. Right. And it's, um, I don't like it. I like the idea that there's a human behind the camera Correct. and that somebody wrote a thing and directed it. And like, that's, that's, it's, it's nice. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now we have, since, since you're, you're only on for today's episode. So we have three different segments that I've done throughout the course of the week. Okay. We have, uh, you know, Meg Ryan Monday, Harry Burns hump day, and then weekend romance. Yes. All right. Now, now I know how you are with with movies, and I know that you're 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 not as much of a movie uh, watcher as I am. Uh, most people aren't, but that that that's fine. I I don't fault people for that. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. But uh, so hopefully you were able to figure out some way to do to do these lists. So we'll we'll just go one by one, okay? So on sure. Mondays we do Meg Ryan Monday. All right. Yeah. So do you have a top five list of Meg Ryan movies? No, or Meg Ryan I have a top. I have a top one and it's this one, <laughs> right? Like I, I, I know she was in the thing. So the, the I'm going to, because you haven't back. seen others or because you you they, just don't remember them well enough to, 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 I, to it, put them, you know, to put them in a box. So, um, it's, I, I'm trying to think of the way to the, 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 the proper way to do this would be like, there are three other Meg Ryan films that come to mind. Um, are the, the the three that come to mind are Kate and Leopold, You've Got Mail, and City of Angels. They are all distant, like tied for fifth behind When Harry Met Sally, which for me takes up one through four. Because like for me, like I've seen those films, but they don't register. And I literally had to look them up. And be oh yeah, I remember her in that. I remember her in that. And so to me, that doesn't make for like putting it on a good that, that doesn't make it good enough for the, the to put it on the list. For Billy, it's kind of the same thing. Um Wait, okay, so so if you you're saying even even the ones that you've seen, you can't put on the list? You're I can't saying- put them on a list because like I've these so what when Harry Met Sally goes on number one for both of these people, um I have a weird number two for Billy, but like it, it, it's number one. Cause it's the one I think about and I don't have to look it up. And I like the performance, the others. It's like, I saw all of those films I just mentioned for Meg Ryan once a long time ago. And I barely remember them. And had I not looked up her IMDB, I would have completely not been able to come up with any for the list. And I, I think that just having watched a thing that they were in, does not mean I should just throw it on the list. So, like, for me, when Harry met Sally, one and one for both actors. Just because, like, that's okay. just, I, you know, yeah, I could just name, like, list things. But it's just, it, like, I, the most. I, mean, I, I understand I, what you're saying. I, I hear you. Outside of, outside of this film, outside of this film, the last thing I saw Meg Ryan in, Top Gun. Cause I watched it before the new one came out and she's like a waitress on screen for like a, a millisecond. <laughs> she's not a waitress, but yeah, she's, oh, she's sorry. His wife. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, it's like, all right, whatever. Like I, and so like, did, does that make it a memorable performance? No, I was actually surprised. I was like, I forgot you were in this. <laughs> um, <laughs> But like, no, it it, and I don't know how much of it is a lack of watching movies, and how much of it is like this film is kind of dated, um, and they haven't done like a ton of work, and I I know they've done work, but like in in my world, where I don't watch a lot of film, just not a lot of stuff. So that's okay. that's for for Meg Ryan. It's this, 
um, without having to look it up. And then this. Okay. Actually, I think I, I would argue that the cat scene is number one and the rest of her performance in this movie is number two. Okay. <laughs> that, that's fair. That's definitely fair. I mean, the fact that it, that, that was her idea to, to have that scene take place in, in a deli, you know, is is worthy of her getting getting that full five points for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. All right, so let's let's move on to Billy Crystal. So now we have Harry Burgess Hump Day. Yeah, I so um I will say that I like him in Princess Bride. Um I don't know if like but to me Billy Crystal goes when Harry met Sally, anytime he hosted the Oscars and then um, Princess Bride, and then he was good in City Slickers, but it was never a film that like spoke to me. But that's that's the list then, um, because it's all right. It's okay. Wait, the list the list is is what? So when Harry Sally, you're saying is is your number one? No, yeah, number one. Okay. Whenever he hosted the Oscars, is number two. Okay. Um. And then number three is Princess Bride, which is okay, but like I I don't know he's it's it's okay. And then uh, City Slickers, I guess, would be it for that for for the rest of it. Um, he's not bad in other things. Um, analyze this is all right, but I just I don't know. I, I those movies don't hit me in in that kind of a way where it's like oh this is. Great and Monsters Inc. I missed. Like I watched it, but it doesn't speak to me because I I don't know if I was too old, too young, too old, and then didn't have kids yet. Don't have kids yet. I don't know like what it is. <laughs> like I, it's not. I don't hate it. It's just it's okay. Okay. Um, and I think that's going to be true of most um animation things until I actually have kids that I can experience that stuff with. Um, I, I, okay. I mean, I, I, I watched animated movies even before I had kids, you know? Yeah, so, no, I still wa- I, I watched I them. It. I was able to enjoy yeah. them, you know? As we sit here now, I think I'm, I'm interested in elements, the next Pixar one, just cause I'm curious as to how they're going to tweak the story to not be the same Romeo and Juliet that kind of always happens with those films. Um, right. so I'm looking for good writing, but like, I, it's, it's fine. It's okay. Like it's it's what it is. I don't know. I I'm just I I think this is, uh, and we talked about this a little bit in in the pre-show. Like, I love Harrison Ford in Amer in American Graffiti, but I don't know <laughs> if his three minutes, if he when he's on screen is uh, while impactful to the film. Spoilers. Um, I don't know if it makes it on my like list of Harrison Ford films. Okay. Despite the fact that it might be my favorite of all the films he's in. But you mean As you a, like it more one second, you like it more than, than Indiana Jones or, or Star Wars? Yeah, it's getting up there. Like I don't know what it is about that particular film, but the older I get, the more I like it. <laughs> the more it's moving up my list and like kind of it's right now I think it's equal to uh the first Indiana Jones for me. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Star Wars uh I have to rewatch and I say that and as you know this, like I've been rewatching all of Star Trek. Yeah. Which is new for it's new to me. <laughs> um and I think it's going to change my ability to process Star Wars, not in a bad way. I think it's just going to change my perspective. So I don't know where I'm going to um, fall on the spectrum of those movies when it's all said and done. So until then, you know, kind of like just how you, how, how these conversations change the way you consume these films afterwards. Yes. I think okay. consuming Star Trek is going to change the way I, I consume Star Wars. Um, and so I kind of have to, that's all on hold. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. That's fair. I, 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 I got you on that one. 
Yeah. All right. So now we're going to go to the, I, I think what's going to be the hardest one for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is weekend romance. So, yes. Okay. What we talked a little bit about this in the green room about what you think of romantic comedies and whether what's considered a romantic comedy and what's not. Yes. And, and I know that when Harry Met Sally is not on your list. <laughs> it's not on my list. Although I don't know what is because I don't, re- it's, mm, it's, there aren't a lot of, it's not what we watch. And I say that like Steph and I do not watch romantic comedies, but that doesn't mean there aren't some that I kind of like. Okay. Well, um, let me, let me just interrupt you for a second. Cause basically yeah. um, as far as, I'm concerned when I do these lists, when I ask people to tell me they're, you know, it's a very arbitrary thing. It's, it's no, I know, you know, everyone, I, and, and you can decide for this type of thing, what you consider a romantic comedy and whatnot. There are movies that people have suggested that, you know, uh, I, when I look at them, I say, okay, that's not a romantic comedy, but they do. And that, that's, that's the beauty of, of doing it this way. You know, that everyone gets to define what a romantic comedy is for themselves. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so the, I, guess, I, I, guess, I guess let me rephrase the question. Okay, I, I'm I'm looking at it from your perspective of what you consider to be, you know, the best romantic comedies. So it's not a question um, of you saying, okay, is when Harry met Sally a romantic comedy or not? It's, you know, that that doesn't matter for this list. What matters that's is fair. what Jason Sturchik thinks are you know are the five best romantic comedies from your perspective. So you I mean, can I, tell me you can tell me that you think Star Wars is a romantic comedy, and I will buy that. And okay, I, great. I honestly um, only have two because they're the only two that I will watch when they're on TV, which has kind of become my like litmus test for some of this stuff. Okay, um, and they are kind of a top two. Um, number two is Sweet Home Alabama. Okay. I don't know why I like it, but I think it's just got good writing. Um, I, I, I actually love it because I love the the modern version of the song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Cheryl okay. Crow version. I I, I mean That's I, fair. I like the original version also, but but the Cheryl Crow version for some reason I've I've always really enjoyed. Yeah, it's it's got all the 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 kind of other stuff you want in it. Um, but that and then surprisingly or surprising no one i the, number 1 for me is the proposal okay um those are my top 2 i i'm the proposal is the one with Sandra Bullock right and Ryan yeah Reynolds? that's Ryan yeah. Reynolds yep um yeah. th- those are the, those are the ones i and i th- i th- i think i think part of the reason is because they transcend their own genres a bit but like um I want to know that I can have a good time before the boy realizes he falls in love with the girl or, or vice versa as the case may be. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. um, and like, let's be real. Betty White steals that whole movie. Oh, she's great. Um, uh, but, um, and it's obviously a Ryan Reynolds before he's Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, but th- that's it for me because we don't. Um, the the only other one, which would be my number one, if I considered it a romantic comedy, but I I I feel like it's it's just a great film, and that's Twister. You would call that a romantic comedy? I don't know. Like I'm trying I, in my head, I'm trying to figure it out because like they do fall in love at the end. Um. Which I guess is all you really need. You can argue anything as long as they get together at the end. Um, where's the comedy aspect of it? That's the part I'm trying. That's where I'm losing it. I just don't. I don't know if it's there. I don't know if there's there's a few pieces of humor in it, um, but I don't know if it's enough to make it that. So I guess I'll make that like five and skip <laughs> three and four uh, because I I don't know if it's I, romantic. I have a, I have I a few few friends of the show that are going to love that you did that. Okay, Jay and Mark. <laughs> I know you're gonna love that 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 Jason just did that. So yeah, there you go. Uh, but that's 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 yeah, that's because I I don't. So this is one of the rules I have, especially when I come on your show when you give me this list. I don't like 
going to IMDb or Googling like things. I try to do this stuff from the top of my head. But, uh, but because you I can. Like, it's not. It's not cheating. No, no, it's not cheating. But it also is like I don't. I, it, it's not okay. There are no rules, but it feels like cheating to me, and I don't want to cheat. Okay. I mean, I look at the lists. <laughs> that's fine. No, that's fine. But I, that, that's I just, just because I have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of movies, you know, always on my mind. So I yeah, I don't sort through it. I don't, you know, it's a little yeah, for you. I, it's I, like I, okay, I, I know those three. And that's I it. don't like. I think. I think. I. I think. I could probably. It would be easier for me to come up with the top three like slightly romantic novels that I've read in the last little bit. I thought you only read uh, nonfiction. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I read, no, I I know. read I'm everything. Kidding. I'm kidding. Everything. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'd like to say more, actually. Like, I think um, there are, I, I mean, I, I think one of the things that this does is that I, I have to maybe watch a few more things um, like that, just in general. Um, I'm not well-rounded when it comes to movies anymore. Like, I think that's what I'm learning. Like, I'm just not well-rounded when it comes to movies anymore. Yes, but but if you look at the the, the list of, of, you know, of the great movies, uh, you know, not that many of them are, have come out in the last 20 years. Yeah, but that's the problem. I don't remember what I watched back. Th- so, okay, like, as, a, as an aside, as a fun dating story, because I was... Um, I couldn't drive, but I was dating in high school when Titanic came out. Okay. Okay. I saw Titanic seven times in the theaters because it was a great makeout film. It's with, three with hours same, in a darkened the theater. With seven different girls. Yeah. Same, same girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, we were going steady. Uh, hey, why not? And, and so, um, to me, that's all I think about or shouldn't say that's all not all. That's what I think about when I think about Titanic. Right. And I think about it as probably the greatest date movie of all time, because when I lament the fact that the best movies are under a hundred minutes, not for what I wanted movies to be back then. <laughs> okay. That, that's fair. That's yeah. completely fair. Have you seen it since Titanic? Yes. No. So in other words, you don't really know what goes on in the movie. I know. I <laughs> I do know what, I mean, we, I, I, I do know we watched it, but like <laughs> to varying degrees. Uh, did each. you do the same thing during Schindler's List, like uh, Jerry Seinfeld? No. Because that's, no, that's also a three hour plus movie. That, so. that is also a three hour movie. I don't remember if I saw Schindler's List. I feel like I saw Schindler's List with my parents. If I'm being honest, okay, I think that was like a for for you know uh, good Jewish parents, uh, you know, <laughs> wanting yeah. to make sure their good Jewish son, you yeah. know, uh, I, knows that, a little bit about their history. It's uh, so so. I mean, I I the <laughs> we started talking about my parents and movies, so we're gonna finish that way because this is what it is. My parents took me to a drive-in on opening weekend to see Jurassic Park which was the first opening weekend movie I have ever seen. Wow. Okay, that's cool. I saw it twice on opening weekend. Uh, and um, that's one of the two movies that I saw back-to-back. I saw it the night it came out and then the following morning. Okay. And the great thing about living in Israel is, is that usually, I can't remember if this happened with Jurassic Park, but usually movies come out the day before here in Israel because movies come out on Thursdays. And in America, uh, okay. most movies come out on Fridays. Fridays, yeah. So, but I, I don't and remember then, back in 93 – you know, the exact day of when it came out here or there. And then Schindler's List. And after that, it was all of Jackson's Lord of the Rings. Okay. Th- that was it. And I don't think I've seen a movie since the Battle of Five Armies with my parents in the theater. You should have taken my mother. Your parents? That's a waste of I time. I take my mother. My father's <laughs> not really a movie guy, and so that's kind of why. But I'll take my mother. Like, I've taken my mother to see most of the Marvel and Star Wars films. And, okay. and while I haven't been to the theater in a while, 
it's a sure bet that if I ask my mother to go see any animated feature, she will say yes. I don't even have to tell her what it is. Ma, there's a new animated feature. Would you like to come to the movies with me? Yes. That's it. Hey, why not? All right, so is there anything else you want to say about uh, When Harry Met Sally? I, I just think it's a movie I have to not let go for another two decades. I don't think I have to make it an annual watch, but I feel like it's one of those films that I need to add to my rotation. Like Diner, I refuse to go more than a few years without watching. Okay. Um, it's one of those films, and I think that when Harry Met Sally probably needs to go into the rotation, so I don't spend another 20 years going like, nah, I haven't seen all of it in a very long time. Well, you'll be able to come back and listen to this, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> did did, did you, did Steph watch it with you? Uh, yeah, she watched, well, not the first uh, 30, but the last hour she did, yes. Okay. Um, and did she, she's seen did it she before. Enjoy it? Uh, but she enjoyed it. She enjoyed it. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, I think it's one of those films that, um, the most important couple part of that entire film is back to that, uh, phone scene. Yes. Please make sure I don't ever have to be out there. Like, I feel like that, to to a couple that's already together, that's the most romantic part of yeah. the movie. That's understandable. More than anything else. Yeah. And so, right. yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So you want to uh, tell people how they can get in touch with you, where they can find Jason Stershik, Agent Palmer. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's really easy. Uh, agentpalmer.com that's everything you can find the palmer files podcast uh where as we're recording this uh and when it's released i am approaching episode 100 um so that's kind of exciting um i mean i know i know you're well past that (laughs) next next week i'll be at 500 (laughs) but uh as a guy who only puts them out um uh, every other week, uh, 100 has been a few years in the making, um, and that's kind of a cool thing. Uh, so if you want to, uh, I just have these kind of conversations. They go all the over the place. It's one of the reasons that Rob can't control me because I'm not usually controllable. I don't, I don't even, I'm not uh, trying. You think I'm trying? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean uh, that's 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 pretty much it. Yeah. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on my website, MovieRobMinute.com. You can find me on Twitter, and you can find me on Facebook. So, Jason, thank you very much for for coming back once again for the penultimate episode of one of my seasons. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I, 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 have, I have a blast talking with you, and uh, ho- hopefully everyone likes listening to, to our, our conversations also. You know, and, and maybe you'll get people to, to go listen to your show a little bit also. You know, I, I, I get to your show randomly and hopefully other people will, will, you know, I, and I, I love listening to your shows, shows because, you know, you, you, you have a guest that starts talking about one thing and, you know, you end up talking about so many different things and I can relate to so many of the, the various things that, that people talk about, which is great. Yeah. It's uh it's, it's just like diner. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Wait, did, are, are you going to make staff take a, uh, uh, a, a quiz if you ever decide to get married? It's okay, okay, okay. So before <laughs> I get out of here, I will say this, right? Like, so um, because Diner was something that I watched with my parents, um, there has not been a relationship I've had where my parents have been like, well, what quiz are you giving this one? Because obviously, as you grow up, <laughs> things change. Yeah. Now here, I'm wearing my Orioles hat. I've been an Orioles fan my whole life. Um, and so it would be Orioles, maybe some music. But but here's the thing. Steph's been watching Orioles games with me. So I feel like, with the exception of not knowing the history, the modern day stuff, she'll ace. So I think... I think she'll be able to pass if I do decide to um, give her the quiz. Okay, that that is definitely uh, fair. I mean, I I, I I recall reading that uh, you know Barry Levinson actually had a friend who did that. You know, it's based on on someone who really did it. 
I mean, I, I'm here's the thing. I'm passionate about my fandoms. Uh, the fact that she's watched full baseball games with me feel I feel like I have to give her all the points now anyway. Okay. <laughs> That, that makes sense. I mean, if, they, if, if they, I were they if haven't I were been a good team a movie test, I mean, I would never have gotten married. So, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'd be able to find someone who could, uh, you know, answer all my movie tests. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah, I, had, yeah. I had a friend a year, yeah, a few years ago that, that, that would do a uh, drunk quiz. And I challenged him that I would give him, uh, you know, the questions and he couldn't answer a single question. And I, I, I made them relatively, you know, I was lobbing softballs at him, but, you know, the the types of questions that I was asking, he just had no clue. <laughs> and he was cursing me out the entire time that he was, uh, that, that, that he was doing because he kept having to drink and he got really, really drunk. So and maybe, maybe I'll even try and find that somewhere. I don't even know where, where, where that is these days. <laughs> that would actually be a fun thing to, to let people listen and, and, and basically say how crazy I am that these are the questions I asked him. You know, and I made a rule to myself that they had to be questions that I knew the answer to without having to look them up. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but he, yeah. he didn't know, so that didn't help. <laughs> Sorry, Luke. <laughs> I've considered it. I guess the answer to your question: I've considered it many, many times, and over the last thirty years, um, the the quiz in my head has evolved. So. Okay. Yes. All right. Understandable. All right. Well, I will be back tomorrow for a very special episode, which is a Saturday episode, which I normally don't do, except for at the end of my seasons. Final episode of When Harry Met Sally, uh, season four of Movie Rob Minute will be tomorrow. Uh, so you can come back and, and listen to me with my good friend Jay Cluett of the Deep Blue Sea podcast and the Conair pod to uh, – you know, wrap things up, and then I will be back on Monday, starting with Die Hard 2. So, uh, Jason, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks for having me. And until tomorrow, I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's Give having. Give me your thrill with all your faults. I love you still. It had to be you. Wonderful you. Had to be you. <laughs> <laughs> 